0: It seems like the legends and icons issue, the, the theme is very powerful and it talks about heroes and, and that really stirs something in our readers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power Motor Yacht podcast. Your birth for the best stories in boating. Each week, my colleagues and I will bring you everything from salty stories to thought-provoking trend discussions, as well as interviews with the most interesting characters to ply the sea. Whether you're listening from the boatyard, your slip, or hopefully well underway we're glad to have you aboard today I'm joined by my friend senior editor simon murray simon what's going on
1: dan it's another beautiful day up here in western massachusetts we got snow which is awesome. kind of rough for middle of uh, april
0: that is absolutely brutal we're getting into boating season here and we had snow on the ground here in connecticut also it was a tough pill to swallow it's it's really rough when you look
1: outside and you're like, you know, boating is right around the corner, float plans laid out, and then it's like, you look out and you're like,
0: is that really like three inches of snow? Holy this, crap. This, this all begs the question of why we're not in Florida, but hopefully very soon in the next few months we'll be getting back on the road. Speaking of Florida, I had a visit from uh, an old friend this Friday, for those watching the video, holding up our newest cover and our friend, Broadway Joe Namath. I gotta say, it's something weird, we, we know the issue pretty well by the time it goes to press, but always something fun about when it comes to the mailbox. You had the big cover story this month, obviously. Have you been getting any kind of reaction yet?
1: None, it's amazing, no, I'm kidding. Uh, oh my God, my heart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: uh, yeah, no, a lot of you know, generous outpouring of support, people that really liked the story. Uh, my mom sent it to her friend, who then sent it to her, I think it's her next door neighbor, maybe, or one of her close friends. And this woman is a big time Joe Namath fan. And she, you know, not to plug us, but immediately, apparently, this is the story. Immediately, Uh she went online. She went to the website. Uh, The story's not up yet, but she listened to the entirety of our pod that we recorded uh, so th- thank you for that, Doris, or um, I don't know her name, but uh, yeah, she's an older lady. No offense to older <laughs> ladies out there, uh, but no, big time fan. Um, she loved everything about, uh, you know, the name of peace She read the entire magazine mm-hmm. article. So no, I mean, support like that is, is just invaluable. It's it's really nice to see.
0: No, that's cool. I got I got two short side stories. One I didn't even tell you about because it just happened, but. Uh... So I went to the nearby Staples where, you know, mailing some of the issues and I lay out on the table a number of these issues just to, you know, send some copy to Joe and his team. And the first address, I got a stack of like three Joe Namath issues with him on the cover and the girl working on the kind of Staples. She's like, what's the name of the address? I was like, "Uh, that's going to be Joe Namath. She looked at me, looked at the cover I, she, I guarantee she thought I was either lying or she was either impressed. I don't know what she was, but I was excited about the whole strange interaction. Uh, Joe, sorry, I, I got cheap there. I went UPS ground, the the shipping are <laughs> just out of this world these days. So it's going to take a few more days, buddy. And my second story with this issue, I'm, I've gotten a lot of letters, a lot of good feedback right out of the gate about this issue. And uh, certainly you should be really proud of that. My second story is I, I went around the block to uh, to visit with a neighbor who's just about to he's uh, right on the verge of having their first son, uh, a boy named Matthew. And I bumped into his dad in the driveway, and I was going to ask him like, "Hey, man, you, you must be so excited about impending grandfatherhood." He was like, "Enough of that." He wanted to talk about the Joe Namath issue. He's like, "Wow, well, that was really some cover." It was so, it was so funny just to see. The reaction people have been having to it—it's—it's it's been that. a lot of fun.
1: No, I love that. I love that.
0: So you know, one of the things we were talking about offline is why this issue is getting such a strong reaction. Is it partially because of our cover star? It was a fun, you know, day spent on the water with him. But it seems like the legends and icons issue—the the theme is very powerful and it talks about heroes, and, and that really stirs something in our readers. So, Simon, let me let me ask you this, putting you on the spot: Who Besides Broadway Joe, of course, any other heroes out there who, that come to mind? So,
1: the first thing that comes to mind is what my mom would say would be my hero. Um, and that would be an anthropomorphic car. I know we're boat people, but unfortunately, <laughs> as a young kid, I was a big car guy, apparently. Uh, I loved Herbie the love bug. That was like my, like if I could have met the real life Herbie, I would be psyched as a kid.
0: I think that movie came out what, like five years ago. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> no, no, not the not the Lindsay Lohan one,
1: whatever, whatever the most. <laughs> oh yeah, you
0: know was. it, don't I? Like you don't know the Lindsay <laughs> Lohan, person.
1: not the one that I've seen the million times. Uh, no, this is I, I want to say, um, this is the nineteen sixty eight. This is when the first movie That's came bizarre. out. Apparently, That's bizarre, crazy. So, young me, twenty years later, or however many years later, I loved it. My mom says I she does this impression of one of the actors is buddy hackett and i guess young simon would would be like you know not even like herbie he'd be like
0: buddy hackett buddy hackett like just love it oh my goodness this story has uh, such
1: legs (laughs) for a second there i I was debating telling you this or not unfortunately the cat's out of the bag the the love bug is out of the out of the trunk i guess
0: Wow. So not only me, but our, our millions of listeners all across the country now know of Simon's strange childhood hero. That is uh, that's a lot to digest. So going back to my childhood, I had—I had I had two. No, one, uh, the, neither were from the 60s. Well, <laughs> actually, uh, you know, of course, it was the Green Power Ranger, but we're not going to go too much longer off this track. We're going to bring it back here. A good choice, though, right? That's a great choice. I mean, Solid. That that
1: he kind of influenced my hairstyle later in life when I rocked the man bun. I gotta say.
0: Oh boy, we don't talk about that period. That's that's a, <laughs> that's a dark period. But the uh, the the second would have had to have been my dad, who I talk a little bit about in and also in this in this upcoming issue in the what makes a legend section. As a kid, he was somebody and still is someone who who always put the boat in like the hardest slips in every marina to the point where even in the last couple of years where we go on like the Thanksgiving fishing trip. Me and my brother would just look at each other like, man, this guy's got some skills. And it's something we always admired. you know, I spent a little time talking about the Shinnecock trip whereas as a kid, one time we were on a family vacation. I'm sure we were heading to Block Island or somewhere. And it was just really rough in the ocean. Then we we turned into to go through Shinnecock Inlet and it, it's gone from bad to worse. and and again, you gotta remember, I'm, I'm a kid here, so about the same time you were all about herbie I was I also had a pretty wild, wild imagination. And this is just a story that always stuck with me. We're in these really rough seas. I was down below in the cabin with my mom and brother, life jackets on, which was, that was really reserved for the snottiest of trips. Normally we're up on the flybridge as a family. But I remember we're in such bad following seas. My dad had to turn the boat around and go up this really monster of a wave. And the way he tells it, we had one of our dogs was, was in a crate up on the fly bridge. That crate starts sliding back to the gate and he had to push the boat, throttle to the pins, to get us over these sporty seas, you know, we made it, made it out clearly sitting, sitting here today. And, uh, and the dog went on to have a long, happy life, but, uh, it, it was kind of funny just talking about what sticks with you and what really makes a legend. My first
1: question coming off of that is how, how much longer after that happened, did you watch the perfect storm? And wow. did that decrease the size of the wave that you <laughs> Saw or did that increase maybe the size?
0: Oh, it, it absolutely increased. It. I was uh, I was Mark Wahlberg in this in this situation in my mind, and uh, it, it felt like one of those waves. Also, love Perfect Storm, so glad you recognize that incredible piece of cinema. But uh, it did, it had a similar feeling to it.
1: I, I know exactly what you're saying, and to go back to like the question that you posed, it's amazing how much of what creates a legend and what's imprinted in our minds mm-hmm. uh, of who's an icon and who's a legendary figure. Yeah, comes from being a kid, right? Because that, yeah, that's something that is tied together with just like that childhood innocence. Is like mm-hmm. who's the biggest person, and a lot, a lot for a lot of people, like you said, like for you, like your dad, or you know, I would say you know my parents, my dad and my mom are big time influences on everything that I do um, because they're the ones that are closest to you, and you're constantly learning things from them. Yeah, and then like you know the whole Joe Namath thing, like as a kid. Hearing about him, it's mm. like you don't even have to see. It's like it's actually detrimental to the image of the person sometimes if you're privy to the things that they did that have been cemented in, for all time in le- in legendary status. Like yeah, yeah. I, I watched before, I think before interviewing Namath, I watched the uh, 69 uh, Super Bowl, 69, the Jets actually beat the Colts. I mean, that's, that's why Namath is you know yeah, such yeah. a legend in the annals of sports and i went back to watch it and it's like it's not as it's like mm-hmm. cooler if you don't see it kind of thing yeah uh, or yeah. maybe if you're a kid and you 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 know it, maybe if you're there as a kid it takes on like a larger than life status but yeah i, I mean it's it's amazing how these things get built up in our minds some sometimes uh, some people actually deserve it and i'm not saying name it doesn't deserve it he definitely does but yeah uh, and I'm not saying your dad doesn't deserve it either. Like he, I'm sure that wave was was <laughs> 100
0: huge, hundred feet at least, <laughs> straight well, up. It's it's really it's really interesting that you're going down this road of like you know it, I think it's so much easier for someone to become a legend or or get that mythical status in your mind when you're younger. It's I, I liked what you said about it's the innocence, or you know then you're you're less up on the gossip and the day-to-day stuff. I mean when you're a kid, I mean yeah, it was Broadway Joe Namath. He won a Super Bowl, and that's it. He didn't, you know, he didn't put his pants on one leg at a time or go get groceries. You know, he was uh, he was just a star.
1: Exactly. You don't even care about like the the stuff. You know, he was cavorting around New York and he had like this whole debacle with trying to own a restaurant, which, by the way, at the time, plenty of NFL players tried and probably sports stars yeah. to this day, they probably do the same thing. But back then it was like less they, they didn't look so kindly upon it because gambling had a you know an, a part to it too and they thought they were hanging out with the wrong characters for a league that's just trying to get its start so yeah but as a kid you don't know any of that stuff so it doesn't even matter you don't, you don't even yeah. care it's like yeah at, and that's why athletes too keep coming up because you know athletes inhabit this place where the rules are determined beforehand and they rise to the occasion mm-hmm. so um actually honestly no lie I'm not just saying that But that was Joe Namath's manager calling me right then. Wow. If he's if
0: he's uh, if he's listening to this, we'll uh, we'll we'll call you right back. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think I think it's a big part is the legends that we develop or we imagine as, as kids. Mm hmm. So it's it's funny, we didn't plan this, but it's an interesting transition to the story I, I did in this issue on Al Grover. As a kid, my parents kept a boat there at, at Al Grover's High and Dry Marina in the winter months, uh, but I didn't know who Al Grover was. He was just a name on the sign. But uh, later on, again, probably in that 10 to 12 range where you're very susceptible to heroes, I read a book, I read I finally read the story of Al Grover and how he crossed the Atlantic Ocean in a 26-foot outboard-powered boat and uh, really, as an impressionable kid with a big imagination, man, that that story, I think it had really a lasting effect. Who knows? Maybe it had some sort of subliminal effect on on what we're doing today. But you know, you see he had hurricanes. He fell overboard. I mean, everything you want in a good adventure story. And and all these years later, I got to sit down with him in his house. Uh, he's you know he's 94 now, but sharp as a tack and funny. And uh, he's somebody that. Even after the story has come out, we've had a couple phone calls and, you know, he he laughs at the the headline I wrote, you know, the legend of Al Grover. So he would call or he'd leave a voicemail, and say, this is the legend Al Grover calling. And uh, it's just been a it's been really cool to get to meet him. So in some ways, we we both got to meet legends with this issue. That's amazing. I, I'm just hearing that right now. But <laughs> uh, I love how he's just leaning into it.
1: Like, but of course he is. And, and that's yeah. I guess the, that's the that's the other side to it, where. You know, it, it's like an accomplished feat, like your dad again, mm-hmm. or where it's it's just so obvious that, that like, of course, they're a legend kind of thing. Like, right. I think sometimes it's like the mystique around the person, uh, but also probably yeah. accomplishing something. And then sometimes it's just like flat out like, OK, yeah, you know, the first guy that, that steps foot on the moon. Yeah, mm. we're going to know his name kind of thing.
0: That's a, a good a good point, And I, I think it a natural segue to some of the other people that we had in this issue. We talked a lot about Joe and Al Grover as is, is well known, his legend. we got some other stars here in between Reggie Fountain, Dr. Kathy Sullivan. You know, you talk about the moon. Carly Sisson did a great job profiling someone who has been to both outer space and the deepest part of the ocean. I mean, the common cliches. talk about your highs and lows. I mean, I, what an amazing story. I, I can't imagine there's there's
1: too many of those out there.
0: Right, right. And then, you know, we also have Jacques Cousteau and, and Reggie Fountain, well-known legends in our space. And we're going to not get into all those. We're going to save those for for everyone who gets to enjoy the issue that's just landing now. But I think what I hope you really take away from this issue is, you know, you don't need to go to the bottom of the ocean. You don't need to win a Super Bowl or or cross the Atlantic in an outboard boat to kind of get pushed out of your comfort zone this upcoming boating season and, you know, maybe cruise a little further, go a little longer, go visit some places you've never been before. I think that's what we really hope sticks with people.
1: Absolutely. And this is a question that I'm just thinking of now, but not to turn the spotlight on us, because we usually don't inhabit that, right? We're always the one that's profiling other people. But what what does it take to become a, a legend, do you think? Let's say for... A boater, we could we could go that route. Or for like a journalist, like ser- there's only certain people that become that next level. You know, there's yeah. there's the Hemingways and mm. then there's just like the Joe Schmoes that just work all their life at the newspaper. How many interviews do you think it
0: takes? Does it mean a book? It's such an interesting question. And as soon as you start going down the state, one person came to mind. And, you know, I seriously hope he's he's reading this, but he's listening to this. He's our own living legend, Captain Bill Pike. That's true. You know, he's been, he's been doing this for, for a while, but it's not, it has nothing to do with how long he's been doing this job. It has everything to do with how he does it. Right. It's, uh, I mean, you know better than me, but you will walk the docks at a boat show with him. And you really can't even walk with him. Cause he's always, people want to meet him. People yelling in the street, Bill, I, I read your stuff forever. I was just on the phone with the boat surveyor more on that to come. And he recognized my name from the magazine but immediately wanted to talk about well if we do a sea trial is Bill Pike going to come is you know is Bill Pike going to be yeah. on the boat I was like well really? I, I know he would love to yes yeah he was like he's and he was nervous he goes I'd be too nervous if Bill Pike was on the boat with me so again this is a small world and it's a it's a funny small niche but that's true story that happened 2 days ago 2 3 days ago but how many people stop him and say I've been reading your stuff I I feel like I know you. The wildest story is uh,
1: being at the Miami Boat Show on Collins Ave. I think it was like my first or second year working for the Power Motor Yacht. And this guy crosses the street, like a busy, like oh, Collins yeah. Ave, uh-huh. uh, right out right out front of the Fountain Blue. I'm pretty sure you were there. And he's <laughs> like, he comes up, and I don't think he asked for Bill's autograph, per se, but I think he, he just wanted to be like, you're Bill Pike. Yeah. And Bill's like yeah that's me <laughs> like it's like i'm just looking at him
0: and you and i'm like is, is this really happening like people hey, hey, actually go out of their way hey well you kids uh you kids, snap a photo of me with him what do you guys do i mean i can't tell you i've had that one countless times i'll be i i, I remember going to the uh Astro, a show in australia of all places with bill and and people thought i was bill's photographer i get how many people were like hey can you get a get a shot of us like, you work for the magazine too you work for bill it's like Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. That is, that is absolutely not,
0: absurd. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's, it's always, yeah, it's so much fun. I think you touched on it. It's
1: true. It's like it's not the length or the longevity in which Bill has been in this industry, although that, that maybe is a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't become a legend overnight. Sometimes you got to put in the work. Um, and I think with Bill, it's like he just consistently has a high bar for his editorializing. He doesn't you know, go easy on a boat review. Nobody really on the staff does, but I'd say Bill takes it to the next level. The guy's as salty as can be. He truly lives it. And is that path something that we can get to? Like, I, I don't know. Like, we're, you know, and I'm only saying that because we're both younger guys in the grand scheme of things. I'd say we were not that young, but compared to Bill's long career in this industry. I just wonder, I was just thinking about that, you know, the other day,
0: it's like, how do you cement your name? I don't answer that question because I really just have more questions than than answers at this point. But when I think of the people we had in this issue, Joe, Al Grover, Kathy Sullivan, one of the guys that, that worked with Jacques Cousteau, very few of them actually start out seeking greatness. They don't start. Joe didn't start playing football because he you know dreamed of being this world champion and, and having all the glory that comes with it. They have a real passion for it. They want to be the very best at what they do. I think you could put Bill on that that column too. I mean, people respect the passion. So, not really an answer there, but it's it's something I think people respect passion and, you know, I would say the one person in our issue that probably did want to become a legend was was Reggie Fountain, you know, so you can go that route, of course.
1: Reggie's um meteoric rise, I think is also tied to like the feats of greatness. It's like it's almost in line with like an athlete where the guy's just breaking uh, speed records, or just traveling incredible distances. Like what? One of the one of the stories is he took a boat from help me out
0: New York to the or Keys. Carolinas to New York. Yeah, I mean he had all kinds of long distance records. I mean that is truthfully his body is paying for it now. I mean those were hard miles. Right, and you can't think of Reggie and not think of one of his most famous clients. You know George H W Bush. The guy had a president on speed dial on the roster. Sold I think a couple boats to him. Uh, And there's a story of George Bush racing the Secret Service in a fountain. I mean, that's That's a pretty legendary stories.
1: I love that. Yeah.
0: And then and maybe that's maybe that's the final
1: component. It's just to be a legend is like you you reach a a point where your name is just recognizable. It's like Bill Pike, like Bill Pike is his own entity. People recognize your name simply because, you know, you've been around the block or you've just been whatever, whatever it is, like you're breaking speed records or you're a president. it's like that's that's another way to get to, to become a legend.
0: yeah, and I think what's what's important for readers to know, you know you, you see this issue. we've got a lot of great profiles in it. This, you know, I really hope is part of our secret sauce going forward. I mean these inspirational stories of really salty characters. and I was kind of flipping back through some some issues recently and you know we've covered a lot of them. I mean, we got Pat Mundus, Perry Nichols, Billy Black. these are just the the first names that come to mind of, know people that live life to the fullest and deserve recognition for it so i was trying to think i think in our last legends and icons issue also comes to mind when we talked to ethan wayne i mean that was a pretty special interview i know i love i mean the the biggest
1: kernel from that one is like because you could go i mean john wayne was like you know Mm -hmm. talk about legends that guy is to the top just you know the silver screen and hollywood um back in like the golden, in the golden days of, of Hollywood. But, yeah. you know, you can go so many different directions. He, he touched on so many different things. I love that. One of the, one of my favorites is Ethan Wayne is like one of the youngest. I think he was like the third wife's child. I can't really yeah. remember now, but him and then he had two sisters, I think, or at least one sister. He was so young. I think his dad was in his like 60s when he was cruising with him. And he didn't have that much time with, you know, his acting roles and all this stuff. So he just took his son with him. So Ethan was like cruising around with with John uh, up and down the West Coast. Yeah. And they are cruising with some other uh, close friend who also had a, a mega yacht for the day, which is mm-hmm. you know, now they're all over the place. But back then, it's like the, the Wild Goose, which is John Wayne's boat. You wouldn't see that anywhere. Right. Uh, it's like a converted minesweeper. Mm-hmm. So... He's like telling his dad like he wants to get pancakes and the the, he doesn't want pancakes from his dad or from their chef. It's like he wants pancakes from like the French chef on his Uh his dad's friend's boat. So his dad is like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. He grabs him and just tosses him from one boat to the next. You know, hearing that, it's like. It's like, yeah, that's John Wayne. I, you,
0: you can't imagine anything else. It's amazing. Right, right. right. Talk about larger than life. That was just amazing. We've had some great characters. Simon, as we, as we look to the months ahead and some of the stories we'll be chasing, is there is there anybody we can hint at that is, is coming, down, coming down the pike?
1: So, yeah. So, you know, a story that has been in the works for a really long time for us. Um, I met this guy who owns Jaguar Power Boats which um, you know, I'm pretty tuned into like the high speed, kind of high horsepower, fast boats, but yeah. you know Jaguar for for whatever reason we just hadn't covered it for a long time, and maybe even ever. So you know, I, I got a little taste of cigarettes running them out in the Ozarks. So mm-hmm. I was thrilled to to hear that this guy was interested in, in meeting us, but it was kind of um, stars aligning because we were at the hotel right before um, the Fort Lauderdale show a couple of years ago. Um, and we're, you know, it's an editor's open house. We're meeting all these different people. Uh, you know, most of them are hawking water desalinators or, you know, mm-hmm. underwater lights. It's like not the most sexy or exciting stories. And then I'm looking at Jaguar power boats. All right, I think I just saw a Jaguar on the schedule and I was like, ah, oh, this is probably just another like cruising catamaran, which is cool. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you meet one, you meet you meet them all. And uh, this guy walks in who is, you know, the polar opposite of a new desalinator. This guy <laughs> is John Clark, son of Jack Clark, famous Jaguar Marine founder. Uh, mm-hmm. The guy was like a heady racer back in his day he flipped one of the boats called thriller at like over 115 miles per hour barrel rolls it and then i think he whether if he keeps going or if he just lands it and just that's that it's it's, either way it's impressive Mm -hmm. john walks to the door his son and uh the guy's just larger than life i mean he compared him and his dad to uh american choppers saying that like they screamed at each other like but then you know hugged it out and just crazy and he compared himself to like a warrior in a garden. I mean, the, the, the quotes this guy generates, it's like, you're just, my, my hand was about to fall off with all the notes I was taking. Yeah, I mean, the stories that are coming out of of John, uh, who is now taking over for his dad, and who's now building pleasure boats uh, built out of the same holes of the same boats that his dad raced on, you know, 30, 40 years ago. It's just amazing. It's amazing story. And uh, yeah, John's a larger than life character. Spent the day with him down in North Carolina where the facility is. The one thing I should say is that this guy has lived like five different lives already. He's a canine officer, police officer. He was a MMA fighter. He trained in Vegas, I want to say. And then he's a deacon in the Catholic church. He has a position in the church itself. you know, as, as I say in the story, he'll smack the Holy ghost out of you and oh. he'll offer his hand and and pick you up off the ground. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. So I could go on and on, but, uh, yeah, no, John, I,
0: I know I got, I feel like I got to hold you back here. Cause I, I I've seen the story and, you know, to say that the man is of the cloth, the cage, and also builds performance power boats is all you guys need to know. John can't wait to have you on the show, man. That's, uh, you just got to brace for impact, I suppose. And he's a great guy uh, on top of all that stuff. But yeah, you, you literally cannot make that up.
1: The, the people we meet in this, in this job is uh next level. Yeah. Yeah, know, that's, the, what
0: it, uh, that's what it's all about. So, you know, looking, looking past him, as we look to wrap up here, Simon, what's, uh, again, this, this Joe Namath story is, is just amazing how it, how it came up. You slid into the guy's DMS and the stars <laughs> aligned and you got this story. People need to know, but, uh, oops. <laughs> Who's 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 next? Who who else you've been DMing? If you could pick any other, it could be a celebrity, it could be an icon. They have to be alive. Who, who do you go after? It's a funny caveat because I was thinking of
1: some that had passed away as like my all time, but it doesn't make sense. I guess I'm like hung up on these athletes. I don't know why, but there is a lot. I mean, there is a crossover between athletes who come from nothing and then they do really well. They get successful and then they buy boats. It's sure. just a you know, fact of life. Uh, I'll say two. One, so both of these guys, I reached out to both of their people. (laughs) One is uh, Conor McGregor, who is allegedly one of the future owners of TechnoMars' partnership with Lamborghini, so this Mm. new Lamborghini uh, motorboat. And then, so Conor McGregor, I mean, larger-than-life guy, in the the same vein as John Clark, honestly. Just, you know the name, and you know, and instantly, you know, his crazy tattoos come to mind. And just, you know, the taunts that he's done and and the victories that he's had in the cage. Um, and then also, I don't know whether it's just been quarantine and just being pent up and raring to go. but Getting I've been scared. Watching, uh, <laughs> I've been watching F1 uh, Drive okay, to Survive thank, on Netflix. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, this guy, Lewis Hamilton, uh, with the Mercedes team, is just like he's another really cool guy. I don't know how much of a boater he is. But I was trying to position, you know. I know that didn't Mercedes come out with like a a boat back pretty pretty recently? Yeah. It was like I want to say it's like the silver
0: bullet, but that could be completely wrong. I think that's Core's life, but uh, no, you're, <laughs> you're right. There was a oh god, Silver Arrow Marine or something like that. You're, you're yeah, not too not, far off.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, well. It's, we should say it's Friday, so I guess that's why I'm thinking of the <laughs> having a drink. But yeah, no, I mean Lewis Hamilton, the sure. guy has just is talk about a legend. I mean, the guy is a a modern day legend. He just, he keeps winning. And, and you know, that, that F1 is a little murky because you do have like the backing, I think is a huge part and the engineering and how much money people throw at it. These teams that kind of sets you apart, but I got to imagine that there's talent and skill involved too. So yeah, meeting the guy would be great. Do you have any, any that come to mind?
0: Well, I I first got to say, I uh, actually met uh, Conor McGregor's broker with when he had a, he had a prestige yacht for a while there. I don't think he has it anymore, but I met this guy is this Irish broker for works for prestige. And, uh, I think I shoved like five of my cards in this guy's pocket. I was just dealing them out. I was like, listen, call me, call me. I'm right. You know, we're, we're right here. So Connor, just, uh, give us, give us a shout back. D Harding at aimmedia.com. Uh, the two this that comes to mind. great chance that Connor definitely listens to this podcast. I, yeah. I, I would, I would,
1: put, I'd stake a lot of money on it. Uh, absolutely
0: millions of followers start tagging connor and all your posts let's start pressuring him do the right thing connor (laughs) but uh you know two two come to mind for me one we've this guy has like been our white whale forever the legendary jimmy buffett we got close we got close we featured his unbelievable boat on uh on the cover of outboard a while back and and talked to his captain vinny Lasorsa. Great story, by our, our colleague Charlie Levine. But we have not been able to crack it. We're still waiting on that trip down to Margaritaville. But the per, my first choice, this is now gonna hurt my chance with Jimmy, but my number one pick would be Kenny Chesney. And uh, I, I, I honestly, I think he owes it to me. He canceled this concert series again. I'm still waiting on my my refund. So, Kenny, you can keep my hundred and forty dollars. Just uh, fly us down, and I, I think you have a place in the BVI uh, yeah, make it right. Kenny, <laughs> bring, bring us down. Let's go boating.
1: Jimmy and Kenny, let's go boys. No, I, it's, it's interesting okay. that you went the musician route. I went the sports star route. So I wonder if there's any, there's none that come to mind that like don't exist within this like huge, mm. this next level high octane, uh, gone leaps and bounds into like the stratosphere. It's gotta be somebody around the Don Arino. I mean, Don Arino is probably the biggest name in boating. So that that's, that's the other, you know, way I want to maybe take a story, kind of delve more into, uh, although it's been done to death, so maybe not. Um, and then also the the other person that we should talk about is a saltwater cowboy who we also have lined up and he's a big, he's a huge, you know, name as far as drug smugglers go. The guy served his time. He's out. He only hustled. I think it was marijuana, which is becoming legalized pretty much in most States now. So mm. he's a infamous, but I'd say, uh, yeah, the, that's the right. Seems
0: interesting yeah, guy. In, infamous, infamous yeah. seems perfect, and uh, I think you're spot on. I mean, our our Dan, Don Arno stories in the past, you know, continue to drive so much traffic because that that decade had it all. I mean, talk about your sex, drugs, rock and roll, and fast boats. That Thunderboat row, I think that's a story just waiting to be revisited the right way. It's uh, like you said, it's it's been done before. It doesn't mean that we can't crack into it a little differently. So. And I think they're bringing the Coliseum back
1: on Virginia key. I mean, I know they've been hinting yeah, at that promises. Yeah. If that's going to come back and, you know, offshore racing's going to have another day in the sun. I mean, count me in. I don't
0: know what that's going to look like, but I'm, I'm psyched. Well, well, fair enough. You got me fired up. I think I got some DMS I got to go send. We got to get cracking on these next issues. Simon, always a pleasure, my friend.
1: That was fun, man. That's uh let's definitely DM some celebrities sometimes. <laughs>
0: excellent well thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the power motor yacht podcast if you want to support us if you're a fan of any of these celebrities we happen to mention the best thing you could do is subscribe to the magazine head on over to pmymag.com subscribe and until next time we'll see you guys on the water thank you for listening to the power motor yacht podcast if you enjoyed this episode please do us a favor and leave us a review or rating or you can share us with your friends on social media or on the VHF. Anywhere you spread the word means a lot to us. Thanks again, and until next time, we'll see you on the water.